What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. It's just called. It's just called campanata. 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 It's like a, um, I call it like an Italian chutney. We made it with eggplant, tomato. You, is it comparable to like a, a bruschetta type? Well, there's no topping? bread. So but yes, no bread. exactly. So it's just but the it's, it's hot. It's served hot. Oh, it's hot. Okay. Okay. So tomato, campanata. olive, so onion, caper, tomato, garlic, so cooked tomato, cooked tomato. So it's so all cooked, a, and we put it on eggplant. Proposition, isn't it? And cooking it, a tomato like that. There was um some go this this. This Korean chili paste that I can't pronounce. Are the skin still on the tomatoes? Are they confiscate yeah, them first? I think so. They are. So they're kind of peeling off a little bit, or well, it's it's so small. It's not like super. You don't get like a whole chunk of tomato. Okay. It was really good. I don't know if you want some. I no, I I'm took some home. Trying to figure out the difference between all these silly things. You, I mean, like at the Italian place, um, the, the La Vita Ibella, they had me do like five or six bruschettas. They wanted a salmon bruschetta. They wanted a an eggplant bruschetta, the melanzan, they wanted the, the, the fungi, you know, the, the mushroom bruschetta. Oh. I didn't but they're all just they're all just different tapenades. And then you have tapenades. There's like, yeah, there's the, the olive tapenade, there's the classic tomato bruschetta. Bruschetta, how do you say it? Bruschetta? Bruschetta? I would probably just say bruschetta. Yeah. And there's gerbiche. Gerbiche has is like an egg yeah, and like relish. Hard boiled egg and yeah. Gerbiche mustard is, and it's weird things. Gerbiche seems to me like a deconstructed mayonnaise. Like yeah. Because it's just it's, egg and oil, egg. but it's not whipped up. Is right. there oil in it? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, it's, it's kind just, of a pasty. Yeah, kind of it's kind of pasty, smear. but it's chunky because they put cornichons in there or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's just a deconstructed mayonnaise or reconstruct. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're, you're just saying. not blending it. It's yeah. just it's a it's a mayonnaise chutney. And is it German? Gerbiche. What is that? A that Mediterranean sounds, word? It sounds it sounds German. It sounds like it's pronounced German, but it's probably it looks and smells Mediterranean. Like it's yeah. when you when you try and eat it. I don't know. What was this stuff called again that you were talking about? Campanata. Campanata. So campanata. So I mean, it's it's everything that I that I said, and we used a Korean chili paste that mm. had fermented rice in it called go chu chujang. Go chu. Sorry. Go chujang. Um, it was really good. Anyhow, we were, we were done with it last night at the restaurant, and um, so they gave me the rest of whatever little bit was left. So I've got some eggplant campanata to make. Eggplant campanata? Well, they, they roasted a bunch of eggplants, too. Tomato, eggplant, capers. So it's in the sauce, and then there's also roasted eggplants. That was the side. You would get roasted eggplants, okay. and then you put the sauce with... on top. Got it. It was really good. Now, what we did last night when we tasted it is put a little Parmesan on there. Mm. So you basically make yourself an eggplant parm. Nice. Gives it that sort of... I mean, Parmesan is really just Italian salt. Italian umami, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> That's salty. That's all it is. It's like, it's salty cheese. It's, it's Italian umami. <laughs> Am I, is that a step too That's, far? That's fine. It, it is. It gives it that salty, good. savory, that mm. other... They put it on everything Italian. Mm. 
Well, Italians too. They 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 like their sort of savory dessert cheese kind of like mascarpone. Like mm-hmm. that's just like a mascarpone cannoli or whatever the fuck. It's like you're mm-hmm. always, they're always putting like savory cheese situations together. Right. But so much like much much like a lot of Asian food will use what miso or soy sauce or mm. they talk about umami right i don't know that was just my i feel you <laughs> that's yeah. what i thought about last night there's a where i'm working right now they're doing it was so hard to watch i don't know how it i haven't had a chance to try it or even it's never really been explained to me but the cheesecake is served with this uh, and i was asking the chef like so what is it squash diced up poached in sugar poached in simple syrup i'm like so does it have a name and she's like well, it's just squash I'm like, okay, it appears to be diced. She's like, yes, diced squash. I'm like, okay, and is it cooked? She's like, yes, it's poached. I'm like, okay, so poached diced, diced squash. Like, I'm dragging this out of the chef, kicking and screaming. Like, mm-hmm. just tell me what to tell people. Because when I just sold the cheesecake to these people, it was like, you know, they're like, oh, the cheesecake. And then it comes out, and they're like, what the fuck am I looking at? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Nobody's explained this to me, so let's go find out. And then I'm dragging the information out of the chef. Like, what have you put on the plate for these people? Well, what was it? What supposed to say to them? Was it squash? Yeah, it's diced, poached, sugar, like sugar poached squash. It's like candied. I don't know what to tell you. You now know exactly what I know. <laughs> I've used all of the words that we that we spoke. I would say like honey poached butternut squash. It's not honey. Honey has a very. It's probably. It's not honey. No, it's just simple syrup. So when something is poached in sugar water, it's candied, right? It candied, yeah, candied squash. So candied, candied butternut candied squash. squash. Yeah. So on the the thing of desserts and um, cheesecakes and stuff, you were talking about. Oh earlier. yeah, I had a dream about cheesecake. Okay, what was the dream? Well, so I was explaining so again. What's the name of that guy that has that that series on Instagram? His name is Drew Talbert. God, he's fucking hilarious. Is the actor's he's name really funny? Yes. So he's just an actor, is because he seems to know a lot about the restaurants. So I'm certain like... that he's a rest- he's been in the restaurant, if not currently, but I know yeah. that he is. He he's does really some, good at his yes. little shtick that he does. He's yes. really fucking entertaining. But in my dream, I was explaining to him. He was a waiter at this restaurant that I worked at in the dream. But also one of his other personas is a cook. I think it was Pickles mm-hmm. was there too. Yes, <laughs> Pickles. Was, you like Pickles? Pickles the cook. Yes. He was like, ah. he was like mm-hmm. kind of off to the side as we're all doing like family meal. Like we're explaining. We're like, they're pouring drinks for us. And like we're, we have our little, everyone's sitting down. We're done with service at this point. And... I was asking him about the cheesecake situation, like I was being trained, and he's like, what do you mean the cheesecake situation? I was like, well, there's two options for cheesecake, and either it's handled by the front of house, the waiters deal with the cheesecake, it's got a little square thing of wax paper around each slice, and you Mm -hmm. pick it up, and you put it on the plate, and you put your drizzle, it's either a caramel drizzle, or it's a raspberry drizzle, or it's a chocolate drizzle, or some kind of drizzle right and then right. and then a splash of some kind of berries possibly some a couple blueberries and a raspberry on there i mean it's all pretty much the fucking same right maybe a flower right. if it's chocolate dollop of creme fraiche something i don't know or whipped cream chantilly and out it goes but then like at the end of its life because you don't sell all the cheesecake in a you know time you know time timely fashion you have like one or two that are kind of dried out and they're not bad necessarily but you give them to the cooks if somebody's like hey guys do you want this piece of cheesecake to just eat whatever's dead right dead food or whatever Mm -hmm. but then the other option is the cheesecake is handled by the cooks there's like a pastry chef who plates it and does all that does all that and then at the end of its life they come out to the front of the house and say we've got this dried up cheesecake do you want to eat it it's dead food 
But it's always, it's one of those two things. Either it comes from the back or it comes from the front. And depending on which, where it comes from is the type of restaurant you work at. Okay, so if it comes, so so what do you mean by that? Exactly. Comes, what do you mean by that? So what, it when bad? it comes from when it comes from the back of the rest back of the house, what kind of restaurant is that? It's usually a, like a nicer, higher end restaurant, yes. right? Because you're charging more and it's plated properly, mm-hmm. right? And if it's the front of the house who's dealing with rest with the things, then it's kind of like like we did that at the dinner theater. You know, it's like right. the waiters dealt and made the salads. The waiters got the soup. The waiters got the desserts. So here's my thing mm-hmm. on desserts, and I've been dealing with this at the restaurant that I work at, and I like to think that we are, well, we are we are a casual restaurant mm-hmm. that has a high price point. Um, you know, I think when people hear casual, they think probably Applebee's, but we're, we're a casual restaurant with quality ingredients, with exceptional menu items, and a higher price point than normal than when you hear casual. Do you, I mean, I, I feel like I've been to the Glen Ellen, and I don't feel it's exceptionally high. It's not compared to when I'm just trying to say casual. So like you're right, $42 for a whole fish plus the plus the side That's not or whatever. that bad. I mean it's like, not that bad. If I go to like the Depot Hotel or somewhere else it's going to be 65 for that. So let me rephrase that. Comparable. I mean I, I what I'm just saying I just because when I say it's casual, a nice restaurant. I, mean, I wouldn't call it casual either. I don't know. It sort of runs that. I don't know what to say. It's in between. I'm not right? trying to be disagreeable. I'm not trying no, to just argue with you. For you don't need sake. to try very hard. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's, so yeah. So, but it's it maybe it maybe it's in this weird little sweet spot where because it's a pizza place as well. So you See, can get, that is weird. Yeah. Right. So, See, but it, red it, grape and brown bear or black bear, whatever the fuck it's called. Those are casual. I would say those are casual. Fair enough. So I guess I'm just trying to sell it in a way that it's wine country casual. I don't know. What do you say? Because farm to table, as much as we can, we do have a biodynamic farm less than a mile away where we get as many vegetables as possible. Cool. So I mean, I know you say it mockingly, and you, you as, as you should. <laughs> well, but... I mean, well, when you say so, it's a, such a small town, John. That when you mm-hmm. say it's less than a mile, it's less than a mile from where we are now, too. It's like we're all less than a mile from a from a fair enough biodynamic. Well, it's literally farm. you like, could walk to the park. You could anywhere walk around to the here, farm. yeah, Lola, like they're all Lola Coke farms. Like they're all like it's closer to the restaurant than we than you are to Lola downtown. Fair enough. So it's very close. That's all. But yes, you are correct. I guess what I'm saying is, is it's this perfect little niche. It's, hits this little spot where it's casual, it's high quality, it's delicious, it has a loyal fan. I mean, it's a great restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm just trying to, it's not stuffy, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly not. It's extremely approachable and you're going to be- Not too bl- progressive? Like it's not like hipster no. kind of BS? No. They're not overly trying to be like, hey, we're super fat. We call each other family and- well, and I always, I've had, I've Don't had call issues. call me boss. Call me Larry. Like, right. <laughs> the whole issue too with like, I've had, and we'll get to dessert here in a second, but um, with servers in the past where they're like, we need to change it up. And I'm like, we don't. And we've had this discussion mm-hmm. before. We don't need to change it up because yeah. we've got two types of customers. The people who love coming here for the things that we have and the people who have never been here. Right. So do it. Do the thing and that, yeah, yeah. Do the thing that people want, and we already do it once a week, where we have a whole different menu, where mm-hmm. your local people can get something completely different every mm-hmm. single week, one night a week. Yeah, right. And then that is the biggest problem I see with the goddamn restaurants around here is the this need to constantly shake the fucking etch sketch. It's like your guests have never been here before. You're you know the guests of the hotels are here for four days, and that's it. Like then you don't have to retool the cocktail menu every three months because they've never seen it before. And the people that are coming back, yeah, like you said, they're like, 
oh, we have our anniversary here every year. We were married here 30 years ago. Do you have right. this drink? And you're like, not only do I not have that drink, but nobody who works here has ever heard of it or has a recipe for it. And we can't, even if we had the ingredients, we wouldn't be able to reproduce it. Right. Because we're idiots. Basically. And the things that we do change are seasonal. So things like corn is only mm-hmm. a good, actually, it's probably going to be gone pretty soon. Uh, tomatoes, again, those are going to be gone. So there's all this, so there's enough change. So it's, so when I say, when we're talking about what kind of restaurant it is, the front of the house is responsible for the desserts. Now, <laughs> right? Is that a burn? Is that a sting? Does I don't that, know. Does that bring it down a peg? I don't know. I mean, I like eating at those restaurants. So, so but here's the thing. Like Everybody does it a little bit differently because that's just, you have a wait staff of eight different people working mm-hmm. on eight different nights. Sometimes like it's just chaos. You know mm-hmm. how it is. I don't have time to make sure that the flower is facing right toward the, the chantilly or the toward the sun toward <laughs> right. the north or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, bitchy waiter just had the whole thing about you know, sorry, Susan, why your dessert took so goddamn long. It's mm-hmm. like, you should, did you see that whole diatribe? Was like, like, I have to I get have, this and I have to do this and I have and to do no this. Spoons and then there's like this and then right. yes and then Alex ate the brownie and it's like, mm-hmm. well, fuck you guys, like. And I try to keep it as stocked as possible with plates, but you know how it is when it's dessert time, all the mm-hmm. plates go away and then we have to go get more plates. And I don't have enough plates because I'm using the same plates for your chicken that I'm using for your dessert. And so we're constantly rotating. I feel like just... it falls to the man. It's laziness of the managements because mm-hmm. like, they don't want... It's basically whoever, whatever position in the restaurant it's harder to staff mm-hmm. is like kind of who calls the shots, right? Or who they're most afraid of losing. Right. So if they're afraid of losing cooks... Then they're gonna be like, okay, so we're gonna make a new dessert. It's gonna be easier for the cooks if you if they don't have to deal with it, right? right? So we're gonna put it on the wait staff, right? I don't no? think this is that because we do uh, right now. We have one that is done by the front and one that's done by the back. Okay, so we have a hot one that comes from the oven. Right, it was this awesome pluot cobbler with the sweet biscuit on top. You have to get it from the kitchen, and then there's the chocolate pudding. So I just feel like it's cold. like. It just needs to be a job, one person's job. Like you do the desserts, and that's what you do. You don't have to like it, but that's what you signed up to do. Like ketchup, you know the whole ketchup thing. Yes. It's like that is one, and that just stays there. Like the kitchen's not going to be confused when somebody wants a side of ketchup, where to get it. Like if I if it comes from the kitchen, if they have all the ketchup, then I need to go to the window and say I need a side of ketchup. And there's not going to be a ticket. There's not going to be an explanation of why I need ketchup. Somebody just asked me for ketchup and you need to produce it. Or you give it to the wait staff to deal with. And then I will go and get the ketchup. But if anybody asks anybody for ketchup, the busboy, the manager, whoever, they just grab a shirt sleeve and say, can I have some ketchup for my cheesecake? Mm-hmm. You know, Then somebody will go get this idiot some fucking ketchup. Right. Yeah, I think um, just... You you have things delineated, and I would say the person who does the dessert. Why can't we have like the barista food runner dessert position? Mm. Okay, yeah, right. Just somebody who. God, that sounds like an awful job. Barista should just be their own thing. Well, I understand, but you, they're they're only done in fits and spurts. You're not doing you're not baristaing the entire fits course. and spurts, right? But when the fits and the spurts happen at the same time, fair enough. You know what I mean? Like because it's it's like when people are shocked, it's like. It's six o'clock. Why am I waiting? It's like because everyone on the goddamn planet has decided that this is dinner time. And everyone has decided they're going to have dinner at this specific time of day mm-hmm. for some inexplicable fucking reason. Everyone is busy at this hour. It's called the dinner rush. Mm-hmm. And every restaurant has it because people yeah. all have to eat dinner at the same fucking time for some reason. Why? Why, John? Why can't I not go and have 
breakfast after 10 o'clock at McDonald's? Why can't I just go and have, you know, a steak at mm-hmm. 9 a.m.? Why do I have to eat dinner and breakfast and lunch at these specified delineated times? Well, that's because that's when everybody does it. I don't know. Right. And so then you're just made crazy. So now if you have a barista station, once they're done with their meal, they're going to want their desserts. And once mm-hmm. they're done with their desserts, then they're going to want the coffee. So it's like you're just piling on the stations. Now if we moved through, like say if I was not just your waiter but your chef, mm-hmm. right? So And I'm just going to have three tables today instead of six. So I'm going to keep all of the money. Right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna take your order. I'm gonna explain the thing to you. I'm gonna sell you the wine, and then I'm gonna take. You know, I'm gonna open the wine for you. Then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna cook your food. Maybe I'm gonna do a table side. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I've gone off the rails here a little bit. Maybe a little bit, but, but then it's like then I go. I go through the entire process with you, or maybe me and my assistant will go through and do all of this, so that there's no one station's just like, why do I have 57 dessert orders right now? Like, why do we have? You know what I'm saying? Because there's so, no way around it. I understand. I just think that the barista and dessert could go together. I'm not, And I don't think anyone is going to create this position. I don't think anyone's going to pay for it. I think they're going to continue to have your wait staff deal with it because that's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have to tip that person out so the wait staff doesn't want to do that, right? Now, my whole thing is that what I would like, and this is not just this restaurant because, again, I have these conversations I'm very fortunate enough to work somewhere where I can have the conversation back and we can come up with a solution, right? Mm-hmm. So you got, let's just think about the series of a pastry chef creates a dessert. Now they've been told that they will not be the ones plating it, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be plated hours after they leave. Mm-hmm. So it needs to, the, the systems and setups and steps to that need to be able to be performed by somebody who just heard about this dessert today. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I need to have... And and again, I, I'm, and I say this like I am totally happy that I am not micromanaged on my dessert station. Right? Because it doesn't need to be because it really isn't one. We just kind of set up where we can and Literally go. nobody cares. And nobody cares. Thank you for Thank the brownie. You. Like they're just going to look at the plate and eat, <laughs> their, eat their food. They're not going to... So... Last time the rose petals were on the left. Exactly. So the only thing that I ever say is like let's just think about the... The process. That's my. That's always been my thing, regardless mm. of where it is and what we're talking about. Whether it's desserts or bartending. How many times have you worked with me behind the bar and been like, "Oh Jesus, John's trying to fucking streamline this thing again," and I just want to get these drinks out. What? <laughs> what are you talking no, about? I'm just what? saying the process, creating a process that works. Right. And maybe I overcorrect, and maybe I think I about it too much. I mean. I feels like maybe you've done that on your own time. The only thing I really remember about working with you is getting when I was your bar back, you just throw limes at my head. That's all you remember? That if, was, if, they, if they weren't cut properly, I just get thunk. That's all you remember. On the side that of my was head. 15 like, years ago. 12 years ago. And then what? What? Where did we go from there? I mean, you worked, a, a, you know, you were... And did you learn to cut limes properly? Fuck you. <laughs> so, nobody has. All I'm saying is please make it easy for me to create this beautiful thing that you've created yeah because i want to be able to finish it properly i want the people to be impressed with what you made because i know that you put a lot of work into this Mm -hmm. genuinely like i don't want to fight with a kitchen nobody does okay i seem to think that we do but nobody don't want to fight with the kitchen wants to talk to them (laughs) (laughs) i don't No. (laughs) just sit back there and make the food i had somebody 
there was we had a new guy and so you know we we do things where you course things out right there's a first course and a second course and the computer pretty much takes care of all of that mm-hmm. but we also do not demand that the guest give me their full order i try to get it i try to give them enough time i don't go over and rush them so that i can get the full order ring it in then the ticket is coursed out mm-hmm. then the kitchen already knows what to do and then i fire it when i'm ready now, there are occasions where people are really indecisive. They don't know. They order a first course, and they're just like, we don't know. And I'm like, that's really going to fucking throw a, a wrench in the works here mm-hmm. because I need to get all this well, stuff I together. Well, usually just explain, like, like, especially if they want separate checks mm-hmm. and, and it, or if they don't know what they want when they want it. Mm-hmm. In either of those scenarios, I explain the same thing. Well, you know, as I as I ring these things in, just so you know, they're going to come out at different times. They we may end up waiting for, right. you know. So then, and, so then it's been said, mm-hmm. and I don't give a shit what happens to them after right. that. So now, when they're upset that their hamburger has taken forty five minutes, I explain. Well, when you ordered your salad forty five minutes ago, mm-hmm. you were the only ones in the restaurant, and now, as you can plainly see, there are one hundred and thirty people in this restaurant. I don't know if that would go over well for me to say that at the table, but so here's how I circumvent that. When it's how you say it, I think. Okay. Well, <laughs> you say, well, yes. You just kind of make a motion, broad motion, broad motion to the, with your hand to the, to the to the general giant population of people that are screaming at you. Right. So again, my way of circumventing this because this is something you said to me very long time ago was there's a war going on in oh, every yes. single restaurant. What's how does it go? <laughs> can't remember who originally said it, but yeah, there's a war going on between the front of the house. I mean, sorry, between the back of the house, between the cooks and the guests. And it's our job to make sure that neither one of them ever finds out about it. Right. So I've taken this to heart in many ways. And so he says to me, so they they just, they want to ring in the, the first course, but they don't want the second course, but then I'm going to go back and get the second course. And, you know, and because chef gets so, I mean, they get a whole thing of tickets. He's like, you need to print me another ticket of the full order. Even mm-hmm. if you take it separately and you come tell me so I can rip up one and mm-hmm. put the fresh one I can so I can see the whole board sure. all at once. So he says, I don't know what to do. And I said, look, don't ring anything in. Mm-hmm. Go set them up for their first course. Give them some time. Fill up the water. Wait another three minutes. Then say, oh, and what may I bring you for dinner after our first course? Now you go back. Now you had, you did have them wait three more minutes for their first course. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. but now you have given the kitchen the whole ticket without the guest. Is, is that possible? I, How long are their salads going to take now then? Not any, not much longer than than before yeah and even if it does take a little bit longer at least now it's all the tickets squared away. The, the tickets all squared away so yeah. i've kind of played those both sides where yeah. i'm just like well i'm not ringing it in right away and i do that a lot or yeah. if you get two mm-hmm. like say you're getting we'll get two things to share for the table well i'm gonna send you one out and then i'm gonna wait to bring in the other one so i get a whole you know what i mean mm-hmm. stagger it so i do all this stuff but i just want some system in place for putting together desserts. And I want it to be, we had one where there was like six different things. It was like, there was whipped cream and there was sprinkles and there was this and there was that. And there was like all these steps. And I'm like, I don't think you understand in the midst of when it's 7.30 or eight o'clock and it's like, I'm just, and you think it's going to be perfect every time? It's not Mm -hmm. because I have to go, 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 go. Yeah. And so like, yeah, if we're going to be putting Chantilly 
and then I have to make sure that it's cold or, you know, it should be cold, ideally. But then finally, like, they put it in whipped cream cash. I was like, that's awesome. So now I just give it a, although one of the girls wasn't, <laughs> she didn't realize the pressure under which oh, no. these things she are. blow the dessert off the... No, she she shot it in the air in the walk-in. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Like, she grabbed it. I don't know if she was just doing this, or maybe she... I don't know what she was doing, but it, like, went everywhere, and she had to clean it up. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, just be gentle, yeah. right? It's how I imagine you would pull the trigger of a gun. Okay. I know the concept... I know the stakes are a little bit lower. Yeah. Well, you, you squeeze it. You don't snap it. You're right. It's kind of like... Right. You squeeze it, and I think she went and snapped it, yeah. and it went everywhere. When you when you your first bullet, you squeeze it slowly, mm-hmm. and you you'll feel when it you know when it shoots when it pops, mm-hmm. and then now you know where that spot is, and then you can feel it also when you release when it clicks and like resets itself, kind of like a whipped cream can. And now and then you can like squeeze off round after round because now you've kind of found your zone. Now you feel you understand how it works. Yeah, and it's the same thing with yeah, whipped cream. It goes slowly. Yeah, treat it with respect. So and then there was an issue. People were putting a lot of whipped cream on these things. And we just, you really don't need that much. You really don't. Nobody wants that much. It's already a pudding that is for two. So putting, imagine pudding, and then imagine pudding for two in a ramekin. Well, it's bigger than your cup there. So the thing is, the bowl is this big. Jeez, more pudding than that? No, well, it's not that high. Okay. But it's still, it's wider. Got it. And then there's, you know, you've got your candied figs, Mm -hmm. roasted figs. What kind of pudding is this? Chocolate. Chocolate. Dark pudding. chocolate anglaise Ugh. is what I like to say. You don't like pudding? Oh, dark. Squirrels. Wow. They're <laughs> dancing on the rooftop. Yeah. Sometimes um, I wake up to that. <laughs> They're going crazy. crazy. They sound heavy. Are you sure that was a squirrel? Could have been well, a, it's not a raccoon. Cat. No, the cats don't get up there. They're they're lazy. It's not dark enough for raccoons. Exactly. It's squirrels. Squirrels. Um. So yeah, it's dark chocolate anglaise. Hmm. You don't like pudding. Uh, I like pudding. It's dark chocolate is just too much for me. I mean, and then there's a chocolate soil. Have you ever heard this phrase? Dirt. (laughs) Mm. Well, it's it's a dark. It's a chocolate cookie crumble with some crushed up almonds. So you already would hate it. I mean, so the Oreo cookie bag got crushed up and you kind of dumped it into a fucking bowl for someone to eat. Well, it looks great, and then you and then well, they were cookies, Mm -hmm. but you know. Gary fucked up, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we just, basically so we just dumped it into a bowl for you. So to it gives eat. a little texture. Just and... eat it, you garbage mm-hmm. human. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's nice. And some fig leaf chantilly. Mm. <laughs> what do the leaves of the fig taste like? They're Mostly we just eat green. the fruit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just something, something to do, something to say. I don't know. Gives it a little essence of fig. Does it? It's a good. It's a good dessert. I don't doubt that. I'm just questioning the fig leaf chantilly. It's not my. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Aren't they poisonous? Figs? The fig le- leaves? The leaves? I don't know. I don't know. No, we don't eat them for a reason. We eat the fruit. I have a fig tree. Do you want to eat a leaf? No, not if it's going to kill me. I don't. How would Thanks. you know? Until you Until try. Until you try it? Well, get the car ready. So that's all. I just think that the, just a little bit of explanation and understanding can go a long way is my ultimate yeah. point here with the dessert. Yeah. Right? I mean, I feel like... What's the word? Like logistical comprehension on the behalf of the management Mm -hmm. like if they just understood what they you know they have this vision right what i really like to see are the guests enjoying blah 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 in such a x Mm -hmm. fashion and you're like okay well how do you want that to actually happen because there's nobody here to do that 
Like, you want me to, you know, like, brulee at the table side? Like, really? Like, that's not logistically fucking possible. You need to, you know, understand what you're asking. Yeah, no, we didn't. We brulee. We did one that was kind of like a s'mores, and so we, like, torched it, but it was just table right side? there. No, not table side, before it showed up. Right. Like, at the station. Well, like, where I work, they're getting ready to release a new cocktail menu, and they want to put an egg white fucking drink on this. And it's it's already insanely busy, and there's no staff. So, like, I spent last Saturday by myself behind the bar, and I'm just thinking, you want to add an egg white step to everything that I just did? Like, mm-hmm. so you want... The drinks came out too quickly? Not possible. Like, I ran out of glassware. Like, people were waiting for, you know... To drink their drinks out of hot glasses. I don't know what. I'm yeah, he's back to do. there. There's a squirrel in the tree. Um, yeah. Do you know so, what I'm saying? Like they 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 have these expectations or these ideas that they want. They want what they want when they want it, and it's like without the logistics. Yeah. Of how do you get understanding how to get what you want. get the egg from the walk in to behind the bar to into the drink and right. clean up after it after every single drink. Yeah, and then multiply that by you know a hundred of these drinks in a night. Are you putting them in the squeeze bottle? The egg whites? Didn't we used squeeze to do that? Bottle. Well, I haven't. I haven't even seen. The, oh, you haven't seen it yet. We yeah. don't know. Okay. No, it's not being released until Tuesday, which is okay. that's tomorrow, and it's my day off. So thank God, somebody else's fucking problem. <laughs> they'll work out some bugs. Maybe they'll take it off the menu. Maybe they'll learn something. But I don't know. I doubt it. It'll just be some horror show. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe putting it in one of those containers. The you know. Yeah. Just the, the whipped cream the, the canister. Whipped cream canister. Just be like, just put it in there. Yeah. Just shake it up with that. We've done that with foams before, right? Yeah. And you could actually even just add what the bitters or whatever goes into it. It's probably whiskey with egg white. Yeah. Do you, you weren't there, but I did a cocktail competition in Seattle many years ago where mm-hmm. we had a, it was a, it was an egg white, it was a foam kind of thing component into the thing. But you, you know that you have to make like 200 of these right little miniature versions. And we went through like just cleaning those goddamn, because they go empty. You know, you have to refill them. Yeah, because I mean, you—if you're talking about one ounce of this foam per drink, or half an ounce of this foam per drink, and Even the container only can holds sixteen. Yeah, so you can make hmm. thirty drinks, which sounds like a lot, but um, trust me, everyone out there, thirty drinks is not a lot of drinks. If you only sold thirty drinks in a night, you would go out of business very quickly. Um, when you look at your sales are like three thousand dollars, and my food sales was. You're like 40 <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. and your cocktails are averaging between 10 and 15 dollars how many drinks is that <laughs> not a lot no 30. i mean that's 30 or i mean you're saying it is more drinks than food yeah yeah well yeah. i mean i'm saying it's yeah if you drink if your sales are three thousand dollars now subtract 50 of that as food sales mm-hmm. and then say all of your drinks were about 15 dollars you probably made close that's to a lot of drinks 300 yeah. drinks yeah and that's full size drinks. Yeah. Yeah. And you have sixteen fucking cocktails on your menu. Was it a competition you were in? Did it, you it was like, or like an I would exhibition? Just, we used to do them all the time. No, they were like competitions. It was like on top of uh, I think it was on top of Anthony's over on the waterfront. I think mm-hmm. this one was for who was this one? It might have been a one of the Scotch it might was it Dalmore it might have been the there was one for uh, Sapphire that I did. Mm-hmm. There's one for, uh, I don't know, we used to do them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the liquor companies, liquor reps come by and be like, hey, there's a cocktail competition. And we'd enter right. it and they just give you a couple bottles of sapphire and you put together a drink and you show up and all the bartenders from around town are wearing their vests and shaking hands and polishing their mustaches. And 
Yeah, is that what those smarmy. polishing towels are for? For I your mustache? It must be. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I know you have to go soon, but I do. Um, I do. what is your favorite dessert? I know you're not a dessert kind of person, but is there. Because, I mean, I love dessert. I love sweets. Well, but, but the girl in the fig, we have what's affectionately called as my dessert steak. The bar it's steak not. served <laughs> after, the your, after your dinner. Yeah, after just like my the steak, no freezer. Just, just steak with butter on it, made to hotel butter. Just. And that's what you'll have a dessert steak. Mm, mm-hmm. That's the best dessert there is. Um, I like a mousse. Uh, butterscotch pudding is is quite lovely. I almost never get tired of that. Did we do that at Fish Story? Was that like a staple? There was. Yeah, that was a Lark Creek. You know, yes. they, they always had. Butterscotch Things, everywhere. Butterscotch everywhere. Yes. Yeah. So the owners of that of that restaurant, um, fish or fish Creek? story. Yeah. Um, I, he might have owned some. So it was his wife, and it was like right before we had opened, and um, they had these the, you know those little narrow shot glasses that kind of bevel out at the top, mm-hmm. but they're very narrow. So one of the things we had to do was the signature butterscotch pudding, but make it for, I don't know, fifty people, sixty people. And so we made them in these little shot glasses. Oh. Except you can't get the spoon you into the shot glass. And so you have all these. So this old woman this old <laughs> this old woman looks at me. I didn't know who she was. And I was just kind of like she's like, I can't get my spoon to the bottom of the shot glass. And I was like, I said something like, Honey, you gotta use your tongue to get in there. Oh God. <laughs> Turns out it was the owner's wife. Uh-huh. But I mean there really is no yeah, other way to no get other it. Way. You just, you just your gotta stick in there. your tongue in there and get and it. And they're clear glass. They're clear glasses. So, so you're now staring at somebody in an a... evening gown going, Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and that was like the first weekend or something before we opened. Yes, it was disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, great um, idea. Logistics, again. Logistics are important. They are. Think about the process. Execution. It's John. I'll see you next time. Ciao, Bela. It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, John and-